ESPN 1420, ESPN1420.com, and the ESPN 1420 app. Welcome back into the Great Scott Show. I'm Scott Prather coming at you on a Monday morning. Here we are in late June. Got a ton of stuff to hit on. Uh, Seth Lewis, our friend from TV3, is going to be joining me a little bit later in studio. We'll talk some hoops and conference finals. And joining me now to talk about a number of things is uh, no stranger to this station, no stranger to you guys listening. My former co-worker uh, now doing his thing over at ESPN Chattanooga. That would be Mr. Greg Larnard. Gregory Raymond, good morning. How are you, young man? Raymond. Raymond, Raymond. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, Scott? Good morning. How are you? Thanks for having me. Man, how's, how's life? Tell our listeners how you've been. Well, things are uh, things are good in Chattanooga. Doing the show, it's uh, you know we're one less hour than than I was when I finished up at ESPN uh, fourteen twenty. But I'm I'm loving the the middays. I get a chance to kind of go to stuff and do stuff in the afternoon now, which is which is pretty cool. Uh, but yeah, the show's going well. And um, as we're going to talk about here, just recently got a chance to go out and uh, check out a couple of the first days of the College World Series, which was nice, and uh, follow the Tennessee Vols and a little Vandy as well. So. Yeah, the show's going well. Loving the uh, the new life in Chattanooga. It's a cool little city. If uh, any of you have never visited, please feel free. It's a it's a great little place to uh, to pass through, and it's literally close to everything. And I know Saints fans don't you don't want to listen to our airwaves in in foot, during football season. I'll tell you that. Yeah, no, you have to go cover a perennial loser over there in the NFL. Yeah, that must be uh, that must be tough covering. Uh... It is a team uh, in Atlanta, not the Hawks. Uh, well, we're talking about okay, we're talking uh, about the, the Falcons the, the and the Braves, Falcons. two lo- two loser teams. The Braves, the, the Braves. I mean, what, what what is their excuse? They stink. What is their excuse? They stink. Though? Yeah, but like they stink. So, did you expect them to stink this year? Uh, I expected them to be second to the Mets, of course. I mean, come on. That's the fan. But did, did, did you? Accept- no, no. I honestly, I honestly believed with everything that was going on, the way that the off seasons went, I looked at the Braves team and I said they really didn't do much this off season. They didn't really add much in the bullpen. Even Alex Anthopoulos, the you know, general manager, said, "Hey, look, in the bullpen, we're just going to kind of go with some younger guys and hope that they have good years." And their bullpen has just been very net like. You know what you and I are used to watching. Well, let's just, let's be honest. I mean, the NL East as a whole just isn't good. Let's just be real. Hey, the Mets are the only team above five hundred. We're take in it. first. If we finish I, there, I'm, I'll take it. Yeah, I'm glad the Mets are in the NL East. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, yeah, you're yeah. first in the NL East. If you were in the West, you'd be in fourth. But uh, you take take what you can get, man. Shoot, I mean, four of the five in the AL East have forty wins, but I don't care, man. Degrom, nope, just must see TV. Mets mm-hmm. are winning. I'll I'll take it, man. I'll take it. Yeah, and Lindor's only hitting two twenty. It's great. Keep it rocking. Wait till he turns it on. That's that's. I like that on a Monday that's morning, it. Greg. That's I what need I'm bringing, it, man. I'm bringing. I, I need it. it on a Monday morning, Greg Larder. <laughs> he's on the airways with me because um, I wanted to bring you on to to talk a little bit of baseball. Uh, yeah. College World Series. The final uh, starts tonight. Mississippi State. And Vanderbilt, but before we, I get your thoughts on the matchup. Uh, you got to go to Omaha last week and experience a little bit of that. Now I've never been. I, I was. I've never been to the old Rosenblatt. Never been to Omaha. I don't think I've been to Omaha. Period. I've never been there at all, much less for the College World Series. Will it have? You know, with college baseball as big as it is down here, uh, Cajuns went once. Of course, LSU's been many times. A lot of folks have been there before. What was that? What was that experience like? 
Well, first of all, you got to call it Omaha. Give me the old Peyton Manning. You know, Omaha, Omaha, Omaha. Thing. Yeah, yeah. It's a three-syllable word. Um, yeah, no, it was a really cool experience. It was my first time ever going to Omaha as well. And it was just if you're a baseball fan, and this is something that I never really put on my bucket list to do because before I moved to Louisiana, honestly, I was re- wasn't really paying attention or wasn't really into college baseball that much. But once I started getting into the culture of UL and then a little with LSU as well, um, and then the other good schools, I know Louisiana Tech hosted a, a regional this year, which was, which was awesome for the state of Louisiana as well. And LSU went to the Supers, and it was weird, you know, rooting, for, rooting against the, you know, one of the teams that I used to cover now, you know, the team I do cover with Tennessee. And, uh, but it was just a really cool experience going out there. And if, if you're talking about a baseball bucket list, Omaha during the College World Series, whether your team's in it or not, you have to go to Omaha and check out uh, check out TD Ameritrade Park because it's a beautiful park. The one thing I really like about it is they they kind of slogan it the greatest show on dirt. We know the Ram it, you know, the Rams are the greatest show on turf, but they had the old uh, you know TD Ameritrade greatest show on dirt, and it's just it's just a really cool atmosphere. And, and this year specifically, Scott was awesome because. We're coming off of, and I know COVID's still around, but, you know, coming off of COVID or coming down from COVID, it was just great to be able to be there and the stadium packed and be around people and just be in the, in, in the atmosphere and the environment of, you know, really high-level college baseball like what you get there in, in most places in Louisiana. And, you know, that was awesome. And then the outside, something I didn't anticipate was they had a whole baseball village, an Omaha baseball village, which was really cool. And we actually got to broadcast the Word with G on a couple of Mondays back uh, live from Omaha Village, which our baseball village in Omaha. And they had a stage for us. We were set up. People were walking by. Our boy Al Leiter walked right by, gave him a wave. That was pretty sweet. And, um, yeah, there's some really nice people around there. And the whole setup is just so awesome just to be around other people that are, you know, wearing different, rooting for different teams. And they're all over the place. And, you know, like I said, the field is great and the competition is even better. It was just, uh, it was something you definitely have to do. And it's not something you just go and do once. It's something that I've done it now and I'd really like to, uh, you know, chance to go back another time. All right. I got to ask you your thoughts. Um, I woke up Saturday morning and I saw uh, that at about, I guess, 1 or 2 a.m. Um, Saturday morning, the NCAA. Basically told NC State to pack their bags and go home. Yeah, I guess a pair of players that hadn't been vaccinated that tested positive. So then they tested the whole team. Then there were more players that tested positive, but they had been vaccinated. And then suddenly it was, um, okay, you know, forget about playing Vandy tomorrow. Uh, Forget about trying to get to the final. Forget about trying to win a College World Series. Your season is over. I know there have been some conflicting details from the NCAA. Um, the Douglas County Health Department released, uh, I guess, some some information uh, for NC State's approval. It's just it, it's it, it's a it's a story. I think everybody felt really bad for NC State. Folks are really emotional about it. Um, man, I. <laughs> it's just it's it's a shame that. It would have. They didn't even play a year ago, right? There was no College yeah. World Series, but it seems like something that could happen. But you, you have that, and then you have the NCAA bragging about putting, you know, two hundred twenty thousand people thus far through the gates. 
at TD Ameritrade fans, and it's kind of like, what guys? I mean, you're a little tone deaf here. It's just, yeah, that's when you got more than twenty thousand unmasked, untested, potentially unvaccinated fans that are going to file in tonight and tomorrow, and potentially Wednesday for a game three, and then you tell another team to go home. It's it's a it's a nasty situation. Pot calling the kettle black, much you know, in terms of you know having all those people in there and having no restrictions. And, you know, I think we heard it was just like a couple of weeks before that they decided to, yeah, we'll have hundred percent full capacity and there's not going to be any problems, but you do feel bad for NC state because they seemed like they were the darling of the dance, if you will. They were the Cinderella and they were the team that really nobody expected to be where they were. And they won a lot of really close games with a lot of young un you know, proven talent and, Nobody really gave them a chance on that side of the bracket, you know, with Vandy sitting there, the uh, the defending national champions. And they went out there and, and they beat uh, Jack Leiter, who, in my opinion, is probably the best pitching prospect that is in college baseball right now, at least the one that I've seen with my two eyes, because I, I went and saw him play and pitch earlier this year against Georgia at Vanderbilt, which was awesome to be there for. Saw Kumar a couple of times as well. And yeah, you just feel bad for those van, uh, those uh, NC State kids. And my thing is, is if you let them play that first game, why would you not let them play the second game? If you're going to just say, hey, COVID's a problem, you're not going to play, why even give them the option in the first game if you're not going to let them at least try to play in the second game? To me, that didn't really make much sense, and I really feel bad for those kids and you know the situation that they uh, that they found themselves in. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Greg Leonard, all with me. No, it's just it's just ridiculous. I mean, the NCAA. Yeah. It, well, you, it's the, we're talking about the NCAA, the and then the fact that in their statement they claim that the decision was based on the recommendation of the championship medical team and the Douglas County Health Department. Then the Douglas County Health Department was like, actually, we didn't tell them to do that. All we said is we'll support whatever your decision is. I mean, you're the NCAA. They essentially just threw, I mean, and then it's like, so, oh, Scott, what do you do? I don't know. Let them wait. Let them play without the six players. Like, test the other team, maybe. Like, do something other than just kind of have a news drop at one in the morning and, and not really do anything other than, I guess a day later, uh, obligatory, thank you for competing NC State tweet as they're just getting absolutely ripped by the media everywhere. Um, but when the Douglas County Health Department is like, we're, we are we didn't, that's not what happened. Uh, the NCA just keeps looking worse and worse. So it's on, you know, and, and then the, the downside of that, G, is you could have some really good baseball tonight, tomorrow, maybe Wednesday, and, and there's you can't ignore like the, the, the cloud that's just hanging over the CWS. Like, Mississippi State-Texas, that was a great game on Saturday night. Yeah. That was a great game, and it ends with a walk-off double and the Bulldogs and the Cowbells are going off, and yet it's like you can't get out the back of your mind. Like, they're going to play Vandy, who didn't have to play today, who got all this extra rest, who – and now people are mad at Vanderbilt, but they had nothing to do with it. You know what I nothing. mean? Like, like oh, well, yeah. you guys got lucky. No, they didn't have anything. It's the NCAA's fault, so – it's just, I don't know, man. I, I hate that it happened. I, I feel bad for NC State, and I also just I just think it's a bad look all the way around for the NCAA. Yeah, it's just more of the same from what we've seen out of the NCAA, whether it's baseball, basketball, football. I mean, it does, does it really matter? You can interchange the sport. And it's just the NCAA <laughs> is messing something up somewhere or not making the right decision. But 
Yeah, great game between Texas and Mississippi State. And, um, you know, regardless, even though NC State didn't get a chance to compete, and competed even down players in that game against Vandy, you know, with the one where Vandy had to win to advance, and they won the game 3-1. to one. Now, what happened if NC State won that game? Would they just have to forfeit the final? Yeah, like, right, right. Yeah, there's no way they're it. just going to not play the final. And, like, yeah. what a, like, okay, just don't let the guys that test the positive play. Oh, well, they've been around other people. Test everyone before the game. Yeah. It's baseball. They're more spread out than the 20,000-plus that are in the stands. It just it, Everything about it stinks. Anyway, so I, yeah. I, I, I will try to enjoy, you know, the game. And, you know, I'll probably see if Phoenix can close it out and win in five. But – um, but I'll, I'll be I'll be paying attention to the CWS Mississippi State Vanderbilt. Um, are you are you has has the NZ State story kind of kind of spoiled it for you? Are you gonna watch tonight? Are you more zoned in on on the the Western Conference Finals? What is what is college baseball player Greg Larner doing with his time this evening in in, in the sports world? I'll tell you what I uh, I'm locked into the College World Series. I. I, I love the NBA. You know, I love the NBA. Um, we might, I'll probably check on that. Um, but I'm probably, Kawhi's probably not going to play again. He's and so yeah, it is what not. it is. Phoenix is probably going to win that series. So it is what it is. But yeah, I'm locked into the College World Series. This is the most I've ever been locked into the College World Series, to be honest with you. And I talked with Brad Topham before the College World Series went off just to kind of get his thoughts and sense on on everything and it was cool being there and now just trying as much as I can to pay attention to it and this is the most I've ever watched the college world series so yeah I'm, even though it's things for NC State and I would have liked to see them go up against Vanderbilt and just kind of okay let's let's see what happens defending champ versus you know the Cinderella story let them let them you know duke it out and see if lighter pitches and whatnot Vandy clearly now has the upper hand now that they didn't have to waste their bullpen, didn't have to use Jack Leiter at all. So I'm going to be locked in tonight uh, on that game, and I'm probably going, I know you're probably going to ask me this, but I'm probably going to give the edge to Vanderbilt, not because their offense is anything special. And you, you saw it, you know, Tim Corbin had to wake them up against, uh, against Stanford just for them to come back and walk that one off. But um, but their their pitching is just so good, and and Jack Leiter getting a chance to start game one is going to be, I think, a really good way to get them off to to this College World Series. Now, if they lose Jack Leiter's start, then they're toast. They have to win this one tonight, and then you kind of let the chips fall where they may the next two days. ESPN fourteen twenty and dot com. Greg Larnard, our guest, talking about the CWS College World Series from Omaha. All right, man. Well, um, it's it's good, dude. It's it's great to hear your voice. I'm glad things are going well in Chattanooga. What do you uh, What do you miss most about Cajun country? Now that you've been away for a little while, mm, I will tell you this. I miss a couple of things. It is one the the food, definitely the food. There's like no signature food here in Chattanooga, so I miss the signature food in in Louisiana. Definitely the people. The people, you, the people that I work with, you again. I miss you, of course, and 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 of course, Callaway, big big Callaway fan. Hope he's doing good. He's doing well. Um, he's doing well. Good, good. Miss my guy Norm, of course, and everybody there at the station, Town Square Media. And then I really miss, you know, I honestly miss college baseball. There's, um, you know, Chattanooga UTC doesn't have a, a college baseball team, so they have a good softball program. Obviously, not as good as the Cajuns, but. There's just no local college baseball team to cover. You know, I uh, I covered one of the junior college teams that was in the in the area, and they're pretty good. And the softball team for them is is really good as well. But 
I just miss how passionate people are there about baseball in general and specifically college baseball. I miss, you know, I miss the Raging Cajuns because they were so much fun to cover. And I, you know, developed friendships and relationships with players and coaches and, you know, you know, media members and team staffers or whatever it may be. Uh, I just miss all those, all those relationships and, and that team. And, you know, I know you saw that I, I saw a raging Cajun hat at the CWS and I, I had to take a picture and I had to tweet it out to, to everybody because I, I do miss the raging Cajuns and they're just such a, you know, a fun program to cover. They're kind of like always the underdog, but they're always there to kind of crash the party whenever they get a chance. And so, yeah, there's a lot of things that I miss about Louisiana and, and I miss being on, on 1420. You know, you guys treated me so well and, and I loved getting an opportunity to do that show every day. And I mean, I said it on my send off that you guys, gave me my first shot and uh, I'll always be grateful for that. And, and always have a special place in my heart for Louisiana Lafayette and, and all of you guys. Well, that's nice of you to say, brother, I'm glad things are going well. And um, I think you Before uh, we go. Can I ask you yeah, a basketball question? Always brother. Bring yeah. it. All right. I've got my and go Mets, go Mets, go, right go Mets, by the way. Sorry. Go Mets. Well, of course. Uh, right. you, I, yeah, you yeah. Always let's, let's go. Mets. <laughs> let's go Mets. Let's let yeah, LF, uh, you know, okay, here we go. Yeah. I've got my I've got oh, my shit. Pelican shirt on today. I'm still repping and and whatnot. I still I still like the Pelicans. Still follow the Pelicans. But my question to you would be two questions. One, I sort of heard some rumblings at the end of the year that maybe Zion Williamson isn't so ha- super happy. What about that? And what do they need to do at head coach now that Stan Van is out the door? Uh, there was a report from the Athletic that that uh, a few members of Zion's family weren't happy. Um, guess what, G? Uh, I'm not happy. Okay, this franchise has been there since so two, and have won two freaking playoff series. Which, when they win, it's pretty fun. I mean, you were at in person I in was. the stands a closeout game when they swept the Blazers, and you can't tell me that that was not a great basketball environment and that people weren't jacked and that the city and the state weren't fired up. It was. They Problem were. is they can't freaking win. And uh, bad decisions one after the other. Stan Van was a bad decision. So yeah, I don't I don't know what Zion owes the Pels, but it's more than ninety games. Like give me a break. But <laughs> it's just as soon as as soon as um you know, a superstar or a great talent ends up there. You know, it, 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 there's this, this, the narrative immediately begins, which is just stupid, you know. So, I mean, he's got three years left on his deal. Uh, maybe he would leave after that, although no rookie that's ever been eligible for a big max extension uh, has ever not signed it, ever. So, yeah. you know, we're, let's let, historical context. Like, it's all, it's all just over the top nonsense a lot of it and uh yeah cool it's a, a few members of his family aren't happy neither am i all right i'm not happy with this franchise either uh and david griffin man he's you know the seat's hot like he needs to he can't screw this higher up um he can't no and i think when you see a team like atlanta who wasn't even in the bubble last year or phoenix who wasn't even a playoffs last year and the success they're having and it's like you can, you know, get get a good coach, get a good roster constructed, and you can have a fun playoff run. You can get the fans interested. You can win. I mean, it, it's not. It's like it's not like they're historically bad. They lost. I don't know. Gosh, I, off the top of my head, G. I think it was 
16 games this year, or or maybe it was 18 games where they led in the fourth quarter by like five or more. Oh. I mean, it's oh. like you know, if if Awful. you if if you don't blow half of those games, you're in the playoffs this year. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's it's a it's a different feel. But then maybe Stan Van's the head coach, and clearly uh, he did not connect with the players. He was the coach for you know eight and a half months. They spent you know 67 days last year between firing Gentry and hiring him. Uh, old school, you know, uh, longer, extensive off season to work with a team that some, you know, that say Thibodeau had with the Knicks, and I'm not comparing the two. Thibodeau is a very good coach, oh, but it's Tom like Thibodeau, you know, but, very but overrated. He, very overrated. Um, well, he, he, you know, it's like he runs the tread off the tires, and but my point is like he had, like they actually had practices and kind of like a, a in a in a in a weird way like a regular type mini camp in a lot of ways because they didn't go to the bubble and the teams that didn't mm-hmm. had more time. So he had like a lot of time with the guys. Stan Van never had it. They didn't have a lot of practice time. You had the COVID season. It just was and 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 they and he didn't connect. You know, that's not an excuse. That's on him. But it just it, what a mess, man. So the report's out there and it's on our website this morning and it'll either be probably Charles Lee or Jacques Vaughn. Okay. You know, it's not gonna matter who the coach is if they if they don't construct the roster properly, um, and 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 actually surround Zion with some shooters and have some veterans there that actually um, can make a difference on the floor and in the locker room, and uh, and just connect with the coach. You know, Vaughn is forty six, Lee is thirty six. Uh, they're both mm-hmm. they're both reportedly quote player coaches in quote, uh, and they're gonna they're gonna need to be. Like you had Gentry, who is like too too much of the substitute teacher at times. Like, all right, I I know I can get away with you know it's it's fine. Like I can kind of <laughs> skirt by. I'm still gonna get like a B, and he's not gonna really come down hard on me. And then you had like Van Gundy, who's like you know this military drill sergeant, and like it was like one extreme to the other. Yeah. So you need you need someone you need someone younger. You need somebody that can you know, be a player's coach and also have the respect of the players where they're going to listen, believe, and and you got to have a roster that's properly constructed with, with Zion. But, you know, it's it's not like they're that far away, and yet they're not that far away from one bad hire of just being a dumpster fire and, and screwing up this great opportunity they have. So this this next move by David Griffin, you're you're one good hire away from being in the playoffs next year and being a fun and up-and-coming team, and you're one bad hire away from – being back in the toilet and you know the the whole national media just laughing at you for being the joke that you are um i don't know it's it's not as it's not as bad as as many make it out to be but they're also like i think some pels fans that are in denial and you know it's like they they see a national report that god no one wants to play there well that's that's it's a bit extreme, but let's not act well, like it's let's not act like it's like a great destination that players want to go to either. You know, like you pay a guy, guess what? He's probably gonna go. You pay him good money, but it's there are it, many worse places yeah. that you can go to play basketball. Sure. And and if you win there, I'm telling you, if you win consistently, yeah, it uh, it changes things. But they just haven't been able to do it and uh, and it's unfortunate. And let's not act like they're uh, they're a glamour franchise because they're not, but you know what? This offseason, don't screw it up. And if they do, David Griffin's got to go. And then where do you go from there? I mean, the guy the guy was basically given this freedom that Dell Dimps never had. Dimps never. worked for three different ownership groups, hadn't hired the first coach, 
definitely screwed up when he fired Monty, but like he was working under these different constraints every year. You need to win now. You need to build this. You need to do it different now. You need to keep this guy happy. You need to do that. And it's like Griffin gets there, and they're like, "All right, do what you want. Here's a blank check, and yo, you need to you need to redo this training court. Got it? Oh, you yo, you want us to hire Aaron Nelson? And by the way, it worked. The Pelicans were the they missed the least amount of games due to injury this past season. That is that is one hundred percent different than it used to be. They used to be the most injured yeah. team in the league, and despite that, they still couldn't get in the postseason. <laughs> so it's like they they've got these things. David Griffin's been given these these tools that he needed, and yet he's just he's made bad mistakes, and he and he and he constructed a, the wrong kind of roster last offseason. So um, develop the young guys and just. Nail this higher, nail free agency, figure it out, and get in the playoffs next year and be fun. Don't don't be the team that just has articles about guys being unhappy and wanting to get out of there. That's never good. Any thought to uh, Teresa Witherspoon or Fred Vinton? Get- that, if if that was the case, they would be. Um, it's not going to happen now. Vincent will probably still be on staff. I mean, he's been he's been in New Orleans for like a decade. Um, and I think his family likes it there, and I think the players like him, and, and I think Gail Benson likes him, but he's not going to be the head coach. And he's he's more of like a specialty coach, you know, the shooting, and he does some X's and O's stuff, but it's not like he's one of these top-tier assistants that's, um, mm-hmm. you know, doing a ton of game planning, but he just puts in a ton of time. He's a great guy, and uh, hopefully he sticks around. And Witherspoon, she gets people fired up. I think she's a good coach. I know she worked with Zion a good bit last year, but she's not a serious candidate either. I mean, it's it's going to be Charles Lee or Jacques Vaughn, which neither of those names are sexy names. They get people super excited. But um, if they construct a good roster for either of those guys, you know, hopefully they can relate to the players and get it done. Like, I don't – like, Jacques Vaughn was really bad in Orlando, but he was also a lot younger, and that was after Orlando had just traded Dwight Howard and were just like – you know, I mean, they. It was it was not a team built to compete, um, no. and he's been an assistant for a while. Like I, he, he talked about how he's changed a lot as a coach, and I would expect that. You know, and with Charles Lee, I don't know. I mean, I just he's been an assistant in the NBA for like seven years, eight years. Like I don't, he didn't. He played overseas after college. I don't, I don't know much about him other than he's mm-hmm. on Milwaukee staff, and people in league circles seem to think he's good, but I don't. It's not like I have a strong or like wide, um, you know, size sample size to really have a strong opinion one way or the other. My only strong opinion is if you construct a roster for either of those guys like you had last year, it's not going to matter if Phil Jackson in his prime was your head coach. Yeah, no, I uh, it's it's tough. You, you don't know much about obviously Lee or you know you're not sure about Vaughn. It's 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 a little bit weird, but. My last thing before I let you roll, uh, of course, because I know you got to keep going this morning and say hello to Seth for me. I uh, missed that dude as well. I actually just texted him the other day along with a couple of other people from uh, the Lafayette area that we were friends with. But um, are we ready for Jameis Winston? How are we feeling about Jameis Winston? <laughs> I don't know, man. That's ESPN 1420. That's Greg Larnard. <laughs> you know, Norm always tries to, like, bring it up or whatever. Um, Jameis. I'm man. in. I love the Jameis Winston thing. I've been on it since you know I was still there when he first got brought on. I was like, this is great. He's going to be the future for the next we'll seven see. years. We'll see. I mean, really, it's just about turnovers, right? I mean, that's it. I mean, you know, he could throw I mean, for over five thousand yards. You know, he can throw thirty touchdowns. He's done it. You also know he can. The guy, no player in the NFL 
is responsible for more turnovers since 2014 than Jameis Winston, despite the fact that he was not in the league yet in 2014 and did not play but, like, I don't know, 15 snaps in the regular season last year. So we know what the issue is, right? Um, I think think if Jameis cuts back on the turnovers that – um, he can do a lot of stuff, but it, I don't know. I mean, that's the saints. They lost a lot, man. I mean, they, they don't have a strong number two receiver. Uh, they don't really yeah. have a strong number two at linebacker at all. Uh, number two corner is, is just not good. I mean, so they, you know, they lost Sheldon Rankins and, um, the other D tackle that, that they traded to the Jags, Malcolm Brown, you know, they don't have Trey Hendrickson anymore. So it's not. I mean, Jameis yeah. obviously is going to be the focus, and of course, I mean, Jameis and Taysom Hill, I mean, Riz's replacement, the quarterback, I get it, by nature of the position, but the Saints, they, I mean, for cap reasons, they had a rough offseason, and so, um, I don't know, man, I don't think Jameis is, I mean, I don't, I don't think the Saints are going to the Super Bowl, but I also don't think they're going to be bad. I think Jameis is going to have games where it's a lot of fun, and I think he's going to have games where it's pretty frustrating, but I... Put it this way. I'm, I think the Saints will finish above 500. I'll say that. I think they'll have a winning record. But, um, you know, and that in, in the, with seven teams in the playoffs now, that, that might be good enough mm-hmm. to get you in the postseason. And I'll take it, man. Let me tell you. You're yeah. gonna, Saints fans are going to learn real quick who is, who's been a fan from since 06 and, and who's been a fan for a long time. They're going to learn real quick this season. Hey, just bring back Dan Arnold and everything will be fine. Dan Arnold got himself a, 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 a $6 million deal from the Panthers. That's my guy. That's my guy. Oh, man. If your guy should have caught that damn pass in the NFC Championship game. It's in it his hands. Have. It was in his hands. I know. We were both there. You know, know. You know what's going to be weird? I feel like the Panthers media is going to – they're going to get like Sam Darnold to Dan Arnold is just going to be like – it's going to mess with their head. <laughs> They're going to mix it up. They're going to be like, Dan Sarnold with some Darnold. Hey, Arnold. It, it's going to happen. That, well, you, hey, hey, you know, look, I don't want Dan Arnold in the Saints, but that's another one. I mean, Josh Hill's retired. Jared Cook's gone, uh, talking trash in L.A. And all you got is Adam Troutman, who's, you know, in his second year out of Dayton and some other guys at tight end, you, you know, you haven't really heard of. Nick yeah. Vanette. Uh, can anyone out there, if you know off the top of your head what his career stats are, good for you. Because you're the only one. I mean, they got they got issues there too. So, Jameis uh, in the Saints, man, they've they, they it's 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 going to be a tough season, and yet I think they're good enough to to, to have a winning record as well. But uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. Football season, it's it's coming. Hmm. I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I know, I know. It's been a little. It's been a turmoil off season for me. All right, be honest, be honest. ESPN fourteen twenty. Greg Larnard here. Um, Aaron Rodgers, is he playing? Is he playing this year? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's back with the pack. Oh, he's back with the pack. Back with the pack. This is a guy that was basically willing to be estranged from his family because he is that stubborn about sticking with what he believes in. So if he's willing to do that, as Michael Irvin would say, his mama, if he's willing to go that far... I don't know, man. I don't. He's 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 a different. I mean, probably, but he 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 does have that personality that if he decides, all right, I'm just not going to play, I would not be surprised at all. I think if 
He's that hard-headed, he wanna, G. He's that hard-headed. I, I get what you're saying. I understand the argument. I understand the, the point of view. But my thing is that, like, if he had won two or three Super Bowls with the Packers, he would probably be just fine saying, all right, I'm not going to play, stepping away, maybe even retiring, whatever it may be. But I think the legacy thing means a lot to him. And he hears the people saying, like, he's only got one. and It's a problem that he's only got one. So, like, He's 37, 38. He can't be wasting any more time. This is a team that's proven that they can go to the NFC Championship back-to-back years and very close to that, you know, that threshold of getting over that hump. I just think it's so tempting that, you know, the NFC is basically wide open now. That You only have a couple of really good top-tier teams, and trust me, the Packers not top-tier without, without Aaron Rodgers. Oh, no, they, they might be that way with <laughs> They might be drafted number one overall without Aaron Rodgers. That's how well, good he is. I don't know if we go that far, but yes, they would. They would be a top ten pick probably. All right, sure. All right. they're definitely they're, they're not they're not sniffing the playoffs. Let's be real. Well, give me some Blake Bortles, baby. Fire me up. Let's go. Bortles service. Yes. Blake Bortles. Man. Was that? Didn't you have that like sounder of that person about the the Jacksonville Jaguars, the lady? Absolutely. Are you are you are you requesting are you requesting to hear that yeah. right now? The old ja- the the best Jags fan ever. They say they have yeah. the best draft in the entire NFL. Are you surprised to hear that? <laughs> Certainly not. The first took it to the limit, and I was in Miami with my new beach house. Well, it was a couple minutes from the beach. It's been 20 years since then. <laughs> we haven't been too strong in the last few years. Oh, we've been strong. We're just playing by the rules. You can't have a newcomer come in and steal a show. Show. Doesn't get old. It doesn't. It still <laughs> holds up. It still holds up. Get in there! All right, we gotta let you run. <laughs> that is our boy Greg Larnard. Uh, he is on in ESPN Radio Chattanooga, and uh, our old friend and host over here at ESPN fourteen twenty. Thanks for talking some college baseball. If those of you missed the uh, early part of the conversation, we covered the CWS. What happened with NC State? G was in Omaha last week. We talked about the matchup with Vanny and Mississippi State starting tonight, and uh, you can hear all of it over on the ESPN1420.com podcast page on the website, or if you subscribe to the Great Scott Show podcast, it'll be up there a little bit later on this morning. G-Man, great to hear from you, brother. All the best. Tell your family hi, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again soon, man. Maybe during football season we're going to have to have a couple of conversations, debates, Ooh, when it gets underway. certainly we certainly will, Scott. Always good to uh, chat with you. Great to get the text message on Sunday asking me to come on the show this, this morning. And I uh, always appreciate you. And, yeah, we'll be talking again for sure during the football season, no doubt about it. All right. That is Greg Larnard up next. Seth Lewis joins me. It's the Great Scott Show on a Monday, ESPN1420.com. Move me.